Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Pitman Pod. I'm Ryan Hillback. I'm delighted to welcome our captain, Sam Griffiths. Sam, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you, Ryan. How about yourself? Yeah, not 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 too bad. It's great to great to have you on. Um, you're back at Hensford uh, ahead of the new season. Um, how delighted are you to have returned? Yeah, I'm really happy to be fair. Um, Hensford's a club that I'm fond of. Like, I think I've I think I've actually signed for the club about four times now over the <laughs> past eight or nine years, something like that. So there's obviously something that keeps pulling me back. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, um, really happy to be back. To be fair. Great club and obviously got big plans for this season, so raring to go, really. And you're back as captain, which must be um, a huge honour for you. Um, what would you say your captain style is like? Um, I'm, I'm not a, a classic ranter and raver, to be honest with you. Um, I'd like to pull people for chats and give good, relevant information rather than screaming in people's faces for no reason. Like, do you know what I mean? I think people respond a lot better when you actually speak to people how they should be um and i think i lead through my performances quite a lot as well um just the way that i carry myself on the pitch and off the pitch to be fair uh, i think that sends out the impression that should be let out to all the rest of the lads to drive them on and uh, perform at their highest level it's been quite um, an active sort of recruitment um, from the management team. For what you've seen in training and during pre-season, um, are they lads that you think can sort of galvanise and help um, Hensford return to higher level? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the lads that obviously Gloves and Craney have brought in are very good. Uh, very, very good. There's quite a few young lads. Um, I think just need an arm around them and a bit of guidance because they might not have played at this level before or not been at a club as big as Hensford. So it's just, like I say, giving them good information, um, letting them know what's expected, um, what they can expect throughout the season and um, just keeping a steady head because, like I say, the ability is uh, very, very promising. So it's just making sure that they've got the confidence to express themselves and do what they do best, really. Um so yeah, that's that's the sort of role that I'm taking on this season. With the young lads, obviously, um, as you mentioned, um, lads that might not have played at this level, um, hence was quite a big club, particularly in the Midlands scene. Um, what do you see your role as making sure players don't get overawed and deal with maybe the pressure that might not be at clubs they've played for before? Yeah, um, don't get me wrong. I think mentally. We're, we're a strong group. Um, I don't think that's really going to be too much of an issue. But yeah, like I say, I've, I've sort of I'm I'm at the stage of my career where I've sort of been there and done that sort of thing. So I know what to expect, and I can pass that sort of stuff on to them, so they're prepared for anything. Like you, well, you know what it's like anywhere. No matter what level you're at, so when you're playing well and you're flying, everyone's your best mate. And then obviously when you have a few bad performances and a few comments and things can get said and put anywhere and so it can I suppose get certain types of people down so it's just about letting them know to focus on the football and forget about the exterior stuff really whether you're playing in front of one man and his dog or 30,000 people um, the job is what's got to be done on the pitch most importantly over anything else so just keeping the lads focused and on the task of what needs to be done. Um, I mentioned this to, to Terry in the last podcast because usually when a club's been relegated, um, there's quite a lot of 
sort of players that are down and um, it's hard to pick up motivation, etc. But it seems different um, due to what happened in pre-season. Is that something that you're picking up? Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't think there's any hangover whatsoever um, from last season. Um, if anything, it was a completely different set of lads, really. I think there's only, what, one or two that have stayed on. And like I say, we're a mentally strong group, so that hasn't carried on at all. And it's a fresh start for everyone. It's it's a new beginning. Like We've got new goals, new aspirations, and we're looking to move forward rather than thinking about things in the past because... It's, it's done now, isn't it? It can't be changing. We're at the level where we're at. But um, obviously, Gloves and Craney and the rest of the lads want to get us higher as quickly as possible, really. So everything is very, very positive and it's shaping up to be a great season, I think. And do you know much about the level that um, that Hensford are at this season? You've obviously played um, quite a bit higher. So um, have you done your homework and, uh, and a lot of kind of research or, or are you sort of already familiar with, with the teams and the players, etc.? Yeah, um, I'm familiar with the with the teams. Really, it's been a while, but I've actually won step four um, when I was at Stafford Rangers. About... I wasn't going to mention Stafford Rangers because we didn't want people throwing. <laughs> I was going to leave that one, but you're a braver man than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, again, it's just part of part of my past. Like I, when I was at Stafford Rangers, probably about eight years ago, maybe something like that, eight nine years ago. Um, we ended up winning step four. Um, so I know sort of what kind of football's played, what's involved, what needs to be done. So um, I'm going to be looking back on those experiences again, just to, again to get the best out of things for myself and for the rest of the lads. But yeah, obviously a few of the, a few of the teams have changed, which is, which is natural really. Um, but it's all quite similar really, to be honest. So um, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see what the season brings. Um, how do you think the levels have changed? Because I guess a lot of people might um, not think that the quality is there, but from what I've seen during pre-season, teams have just come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, I think the quality has got better um, over time. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny one, really. From when I first started playing non-league about ten years ago to now, um, it just seemed a lot more direct and a lot more physical. Whereas now, because I suppose clubs are investing in a lot more in 3G pitches. Even the grass pitches are getting better, especially at this time of the year. So people are promoting a lot more play, play, play. I, I just think it's uh, the Pep Guardia, Guardiola influence, really. Um, our teams just want to play out from the back and things like that. I think, I think it's only started about a season or two ago when I'm seeing centre-half dropping off on the six-yard box mm. and I was thinking, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? But... That would have never have happened 10 years ago, whereas now it's like a, a normal thing. Do you know what I mean? People want to play, progress through the thirds of the pitch and try and create entertaining football for the fans, which is it's fair enough. But at the same time, again, there's nothing wrong with how it used to be. Do you know what I mean? Entertaining games, end-to-end. So it just depends on different managers and players' players' styles, to be honest. But yeah, it has changed to a lot more football-based over the past few years with the young lads coming through. Um, again, I think that comes from academies. They're a lot more focused on technical ability now rather than probably when I was of age of an academy lad in teenage years. It was if you were six foot tall and 12, there's a good chance that you play for an academy, do you know what I mean? So... 
Yeah, um, I'm yeah, a lot more technical based now. I'm six foot five, never got picked up by an academy, so it must have missed me that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you when you mentioned being at academies there, because you were at Wolves, weren't you, when you first sort of came uh, came onto the scene? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was at Wolves from the age of ten. Um, it was the first season that I started playing football. I started playing really late, to be honest, because I used to all my time and like effort was focused in swimming when I was a kid. That's what I sort of got narrowed into and then um, got into football like I say around the age of 10 signed for the local team that all my friends played for and again it was one of them I was I was lightning quick I was quite big for my age and I was playing up front scoring a fair few goals so at the end of that season um, got approached by Wolves played a trial game and then never looked back from them really so I was, I was at Wolves from the age of 10 right up until 18 I'd done my uh, apprenticeship there and then got released by Mick McCarthy before signing two-year pro at Brentford. Yeah, just, um, just I mean, I was just going to ask you about Brentford um, just in a second. I mean, um, Mick McCarthy is obviously quite a huge um, character in football. I was a Wolf season ticket holder round about then. What was your um, sort of experiences like with Mick? Um, so didn't really come across him much to be honest obviously like walking around the place obviously you'd always say morning um and he's, he's quite happy to stop and speak and ask how you are how your football's going and things like that um but actually training and being part of his sessions it wasn't really a thing and um, we used to do a bit of shape with the first team on a friday when we we're in the youth team but we were literally just used as mannequins really for few set pieces because I think that's all Wolves had to rely on back then to nick a goal in the Prem <laughs> I, re- I remember it really well you used yeah, to do really well against the big teams and then just lose at home to Wigan randomly it was quite yeah, a bizarre yeah. bizarre time yeah yeah but um, yeah again I'm, like I was saying earlier he's, uh, he's a bit of an old school manager so when I got released it was like a reason of our I've got Jody Craddock here, I've got Christoph Berra, I've got uh, Zubar, all of my defenders, central defenders are six foot two plus. You're not you're just not quite at that range, Sam, so I'm gonna have to let you go, I'm afraid. So that was like the sort of reasoning I had behind that, do you know what I mean? Literally because of my physical stature over anything else really yeah um just going on to Brentford you've played most of your career in the Midlands how big um and how difficult was that for you moving because I imagine that's quite a culture shock yeah um it, yeah I'll be honest it was tough um like I said, I've always been a sort of a homely person obviously I lived at home with my mum and dad right up until that point and then sort of just getting chucked in the deep end um living in Brentford by myself. It was funny because they were they quite recently set it all up, like they set up like the under twenty one. So I sort of um honed into that really when I first signed. So I was the first player to come across that wasn't already London and local based to Brentford. So the rest of the lads all still lived at home and so got the tube and training to training where I was the only lad living in a, a uni block by myself. Um it was quite tough but eventually as I started to recruit more um, obviously we had a few more lads in the block and obviously being placed at a university was good times good times to be fair yeah because it's um, that, that yeah. yeah that club's quite gone into quite a big transformation hasn't it how did you cope with the move because 
I mean, I'm I'm very much like you, very Midlands focused. Lived here all my life and moved a little bit, but it's it's quite difficult to ad- adjust, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a completely different way of life. It's just so fast paced. But you just feel like you're sprinting everywhere you go. Like, do you know what I mean? Even when you're not in a rush, you find yourself briskly walking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd, I did. I had a car. I'd already passed my test and things by then. Like I was driving, but I ended up selling my car because I was like, I literally don't use it here. Everyone gets the tube. Like that. Even even that to me was crazy. Like, yeah. Buses, tubes. I was thinking, what's going on here? Surely people drive, but with all those um, congestion charges, it was uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a nightmare. So yeah, it always gets me on the escalator when there's a tube every five seconds, but people are running. It's like, well, why? Why? Yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was like that until. I find myself running for certain. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, I'm part of the gang now. I'm part of the London gang. <laughs> well, at least, at, yeah. at least you're back in the right place now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 a bit colder, but but I think people are a bit more <laughs> down to earth. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's a bit stereotypical. But I guess everybody's everybody's uh, comfort in their own place, aren't they? Really? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, um, and it, I think was it Uwe Rosler that was at Brentford when you were there? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was a he was so like when I was saying about Mick McCarthy, he was happy to speak to you and say morning and things like that. Uwe Rosler was a little bit different. He was a bit more black and white, should I say? Um, if he was in a good mood, yeah, he was happy to have a chat. But if things weren't going to plan and things like that, he was he was just a different character, really. Um, I had one time where I was due to um, play. I was due to start because the captain, he was the right back. Um, what was his name now? I can't really remember his name, to be fair, but he was the captain. And then you had Shay Logan, who I used to live with in the end. Um, Ex-Man City in Aberdeen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he fell out with Uwe Rosler at the time. So then I was sort of next in line. So I remember I was starting. I was thinking, oh, yeah, he's, he's my chance. So I was, what, 19, 20 years old, buzzing, raring to go. And then um, we're doing it, like, as you do, we're doing a bit of shape on the Friday. I can't remember who we were playing now. It was somebody like Rochdale or something like that. And um, he's basically saying, yeah, right then, Sam, if you get the ball, just open up your body, turn it down the sides, down the line, and then just push up from there sort of thing. So session was flowing 20, 25 minutes, and I'm doing it, I'm doing it no problems all good and then I've got the ball off the off the centre half I've, I've opened myself up tried to play down the line I'd have, I've absolutely shanked one out of play and then I was like oh yeah fair, fair enough it happens it happens to the best of us yeah it does it does and, uh, but he and then he literally stopped, this, stopped the whole session and gone absolutely like berserk at me and I'm I'm stood there like and not really as a young pro you don't you don't say anything you like so I just sort of took it on the chains I'm thinking what what's going on here like I was I was absolutely baffled I was thinking I've literally just kicked one probably out of ten out of play and he's going mad at me like that I'm thinking other lads make mistakes as well yeah and then gone in gone in to get changed and then you have dinner and then by then the squad list is up on the. Uh, on the wall for who's in the squad and stuff and then I've literally had my dinner, got showered and whatnot, checked the squad list and I wasn't even in the like the eighteen to travel, let alone the squad of sixteen. And I was thinking, what on earth has what's happened? Like, do you know what I mean? I was I was baffled and then 
even a few of the older pros then, like Jonathan Douglas and the skipper, they sort of got me and said, ah, oh, Sam, don't worry about it, man, just just keep cracking on. It's it's one of them things, but don't don't let it get you down too much. But I didn't I didn't get a, didn't get a sniff after that, to be fair. So that was like sort of like my, my one chance of loon gone off, literally like one shank out of play. Yeah. Even like now when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know what went on. It's a brutal, brutal industry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, were you there when Barahino was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there. With, yeah, I was there at the same time as Sido. Um, I, to be fair, Sido was my age, so I played against him right the way through because he was obviously at West Brom. Then obviously like the Derby's Wolsey, West Brom, and the old uh, youth team ages. So I played against him a lot, and then obviously he come on loan, and he was on fire at the start. I think he scored a hat trick on his debut, and um, but. As time went on and he got took out of the team, put back in, he was he's one of them where he's sort of got to be the the main man, do you know what I mean? And yeah. he got he must have had a bit of a bad game, so he didn't start the next one. And then if you weren't in the squad or if you didn't play, you had to train on the Sunday morning. So we all the lads who hadn't played or in the squad were out for training, probably say nine thirty, whatever it was. And um, Uwe Rosler was taking the session, and he's. <laughs> He's going, where's Sido? Where's Sido? And everyone's going, oh, it's an old gaffer. I think he's still inside, is he? And then like, he comes strolling out about 10 minutes later and Uwe Rosler's screaming at him, going, get over here now. Like, obviously throwing a few S-bombs and stuff in there and then Sido literally just didn't bat an eyelid, just carried on waltzing over to the pitch and then we didn't see him again. I think they cancelled the loan then. Blimey. Yeah, because he's quite, uh, yeah. quite a character. Yeah, ability-wise, huh? wow, frightening at the time anyway. He was so good, so, so good. But I think, well, yeah, I'd say his attitude let him down overall, to be honest. But yeah. again, it's one of those things. It happens to a lot of players at a lot of levels. So. Yeah, what what happened yeah. What happened at Brentford then? Um, did you sort of have the similar conversation with Uwe that you did with Mick? Or, or how did your departure come about? Yeah, yeah, so, again, it was with Uwe Rosler and, um, like, the under-21 manager at the time, John D'Souza, and, uh, to be fair, like, they were just, yeah, just basically said I wasn't good enough, really, um, to be part of the first-team plans, which, also, I, I accepted that, do you know what I mean? It was probably right, um, I'd had a, I'd had a good spell there, like, so I was, I was captain of the, the under-21 sides before it was all the under-23s, and, I trained with the first team, but like I say, I literally had that one sniff and then shanked it out of play and then that was it really. So I sort of, I knew it was coming. It wasn't much of a shock really, to be fair. Um, and like I say, I was quite, not not happy, but I was quite relieved. I was thinking, right, I can, I can sort myself out in the Midlands now, sort of thing, do you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, it was a... A weird one, really. Um, I wasn't exactly devastated, but I wasn't buzzing either. If that makes sense. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna ask, um, ask you about um, players getting released from pro clubs. There's quite a lot in the media about the mental health impact and um, the fact that trying to help young players kind of find the find their next aim in life. Really, um, what would yeah. your um, sort of advice be to a young player that was in an academy in a similar position to yourself? If I was in an academy right now, I'd, I'd literally say, give it your all. And when you think you're giving it your all, give it an, literally another 100% because there's so much more that you can do. But at the same time, 
do not neglect your studies because once it's all done and comes crashing down and you've, you're left with nothing, then it's always good to have something to rely on. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of people are trying to use it as an excuse when they're like, oh, I haven't got time for studying. I'm, I'm training to be a footballer. Yeah, you're trying to be a footballer from nine o'clock in the morning. You, you're on by three o'clock most days. So get yourself on an evening course, learn a trade, anything. Do you know what I mean? Just keep your options open. And then even from that young age, I'd say use your money wisely. Like, yeah, it is difficult because you like going out, you like, you know, chasing the girls or whatnot, whatever, you, whatever you're into. Um, but just get used to it. Start using your money like how you should and then your future self will thank you. That's yeah. the main thing, do you know what I mean? But again, it, it's, it's a hard one to say to a young lad, isn't it? Because they don't really see anything past probably one year's time maximum, do you know what I mean? But that would be the main one. Do not neglect your studies. Try and learn a trade or invest invest your money. Do you think that's that... Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, do you think that football clubs and the industry itself needs to do more to um, look after young players once they've left um, pro clubs? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say even like on an apprenticeship, really. I, I get it. It's, it's all about the football, but what you get left with, obviously you come away with like your football coaching, which obviously can be utilised, but what you get left with um, like college work-wise, like a diploma in sport, it's, it doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything for anyone. Do you know what I mean? You can get yourself into like a bit of a sporty, sporty background, but then that's it. Do you know what I mean? Some people might leave football and think, right, I'm, I'm fed up of it. I don't want to do anything to do with sport anymore. I want to do something new. And then you start from scratch. So I think more, I think more should be on the table, more options for right where you, if you want to do your sports degree, you can, if you want to do something in a trade, learn a skill, you can, if you want to do something in business, you can do that. I think there should be a lot more options um, for footballers rather than just chucking everyone on the same course and sort of going, I call the best. And then even when you've finished, um, or just helping with things like, I don't know, like applying for uni, if people want to do that, um, recommending college courses after an interview, like, do you know what I mean? Just, I say more can be done. Obviously, I'm, I'm talking about experience of from when I was around. It might have changed by now, like 18-year-olds that getting released now. It, it could be different, but when it was my age, it was sort of just... Yeah, it's done. You've got this. You've got this. Um, all the best. See you later. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, because it's still about now, unfortunately. Like, a, a, it's always sad to see um, when a few young lads are taking their own lives after being released, and it's always something that I've wondered about because it's it's very ruthless in industry. Do you give your experiences to the young lads at Hensford and kind of tell them if things go wrong here that there is sort of other options out there? Yeah, well, I suppose with the lads that are in the current team now, I suppose they've already sort of been through it. Like, we've got lads that are past the age of scholarships and things like that, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, definitely definitely, if there is someone around that is maybe knocking around trying to get a scholarship, like a young 15, 16-year-old lad, I'd say, yeah, obviously go for it, give it your all. But, again, just... Plan ahead, give yourself as many options as you can because football's not the be all and end all. Everyone who plays non league, well, majority have started off at a professional club, like with aspirations to play in the Prem, play for England or whatever your national country is in front of 60, 70,000 people each week. But 
doesn't materialise like that, but you can still have a good career and do other things as well. So football's not the be all and end all. Um, what are you doing alongside playing for Hensford? Have you got a day job? Yeah, so um, I'm currently a sports coach. Um, so I'm, I'm a PE coordinator in a primary school uh, through like an external company. I've been based there for about eight years. But I've, well, saying that I, I actually left in the summer at school so, and I actually finished with a coaching company uh, in two weeks' time. So I'm going on to a new role, completely different um, line of work, to be fair. So it's working in estate science. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's something new for me, yeah. Yeah, but like I say, I've been a sports coach for the last 10, 10 years or so. But I do actually have my own um, coaching company as well, like a small company that provides uh, one-to-one or small group sessions, uh, along with, like, soccer camps in the summer and that. So we we launched our first one this week, actually, and uh, it's gone really, really well, to be honest. So hopefully it continues and uh, we can get a few more on the go. And is that going into schools with your coaching company um, and, and just um, passing on your experiences and things like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much the flat, yeah. So uh, making contacts with schools, getting in there, teaching the kids. Um, and like, yeah, like you say, giving the experiences, sort of, this is how it went for me, this is how it could go for you if you do this, this and this, or try this, or do you know what I mean? Um just giving out as much information as possible, really, just to try and help them as much as we can. Um, just going back to your career, leaving Brentford, going to Braintree, that's um, still still quite far away from home. How did that all come about? <laughs> yeah, well, because I've been down south for two years, playing like a lot of like, the under-21s or reserve matches, all the interests that I had from clubs were southern clubs. Because uh, I'd been on loan, to be fair, to a couple as well, like in the... Ryman Premier League, which is like the, the step three equivalent down south. Um, I was at Enfield for a while. I was at Carl Shalton uh, as well. So all my interest was down there. And like, I had an agent at the time. And he knew my situation. And I was, saying, I was sort of saying to him, oh, is there anything up north? Is there anything up north? Can you, can you sort me out Midlands-based? And he was sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking into it. I'm talking to clubs. And then nothing really happened because... Realistically, he was based down south. I don't think, obviously, wasn't his his main guy, should I say? So it was sort of like I basically sorted myself out, to be honest. Brain tree coming, so I thought, yeah, why not? I'll give that a go. But got a little bit too much. I didn't really stay there that long. Uh, I think just after Christmas, because I'd obviously left the digs at Brentford in my apartment, so I was back home and I was travelling down three times a week. Uh, to Braintree, which is, which is Essex way, so I was like, "Yeah, this is this is just too much. What am I doing?" Sort of thing. So I sort of left it then for the rest of the season, and then went from there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it definitely quite an interesting career path. And then you came back up to the Midlands, didn't you? After that, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's when it's sort of, well. That's when I sort of found my job in, with my uh, coaching company, really, um, that I'm currently with. Um, one of the, the the captain at Braintree at the time, uh, Bradley Quinton, great guy. He sort of like looked after me, and um, he was like, "Oh yeah, I sort of know someone who's got a coaching company up north. Um, like, I think it's around your area. Do you want me to like put in a word for you, see if you can get in there?" And then, long story short, he, he did it. That's how I started working in the job that I'm in now. Um, 
And then that's when I first come to Hensford. So it was through, remember, Phil Trainer. Yeah, I do. Um, tel at Telford. Yeah. Remember it at Telford, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Trains, what a legend. So, um, a decent career a himself, didn't he? Say it again. Yeah, quite a decent career himself. Yeah, 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 great player. Absolutely Rolls Royce of a left foot, mate. Oh, what a player. Still play now. Yeah. <laughs> About 40 odd, but yeah. Um, you don't lose it once you've had it. <laughs> nah, you don't. Especially if you're left footed. Yeah. yeah, there is something a little bit quite, um, I, I don't know what it is, with left-footed players, it's just kind of like a glamour, isn't it, to them? Yeah, yeah, they're all, I've, I have this conversation all the time, I don't think I've ever met a player who's left-footed who doesn't have good technique, like striking the ball and that, I don't think I've ever met one or played against one or played with one that hasn't got, like, unreal technique, Yeah, it's just a left-footed thing. It's great. It's great. I remember. Um, I don't know if you were there at Wolves. Then had million ass when he was when he was at Wolves. Oh, left yeah. footer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, he was good. Man. He was good. He was. He Think was. Thinking like the cigarettes a bit too much though. But... <laughs> I've, I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess so. So moving back up to Hensford, was it? Oh, just trying to remember. Was it Nicky Eaton, the manager, when you came back the first time? No, well, the first time I saw him was when I first come back up north. So Eden, was, not like Eden, sorry. Yeah. It was, um, so Phil Trainer, so, so it was Robin Larry in charge. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, when you were, com um, when we were in the conference north, and um, Phil Trainer sort of drops uh, Larry a message saying, oh, yeah, that young lad, he's a brain tree, blah, blah, blah. He's interested in coming down. So come down for pre season, signed, and then. I sort of ended up leaving literally right before the first game of the season. Um, remember, Rob was on on holiday. Um, Larry called me on the Thursday before the Saturday before the league started, and he said, "Yeah, look, Sam, you're um, you probably won't be in the squad. You're not really in the plans at the minute. So it's up to you. You can go and look for regular football, or you can sort of try and fight for your place." So I was a bit like, "Yeah, I think I." look elsewhere for football so then that's why I ended up signing for Stafford Rangers yeah we all make mistakes don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so so uh, playing Stafford Rangers on, on, on Saturday is that something that you're looking forward to yeah yeah yeah. looking forward to catching up with um, like a few of the old faces if they're still knocking around there because hopefully I haven't got a bad word to say about Stafford Rangers to be fair it was really good Good club when I was there, and like I said, we had good, successful times. I think I was there for four years, four seasons, and I think we won a trophy every single year. And like I said, one of them being the promotion from step four into step three. So I had I had good times there. To be fair, can't really can't really knock the place, even though it is quite a, quite a controversial. No, no, I, I'm, I'm saying this, but no, I'm only it's jesting. A, it's a I think it, I think it's yeah it's it's great that we have so many clubs in the Midlands. I think it's probably one of the few areas where um, I guess because of the amount of professional clubs that there really is opportunities out there for people, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there is. There is. Um, uh, and then Midlands, looking at the minute, really. Yeah, we've got so many teams doing well. Russia Olympic just going up as well. Hales Owen, what they've done. I mean, you you play for Hales Owen yeah. yourself. I mean, um, what was your experience like there? You know what, again, another fantastic club. Um, went over with Rob and Larry the second time I signed with them. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good. Like we'd, Obviously, things didn't really work out, got got relegated. But the fans there, even though we're 
bottom end, it was inevitable we were relegated. They're still coming out in the numbers. They're still cheering. There was no real bad vibes there. They were still happy to sit with us in the bar after the game, things like that. Um, it was a great experience, really. It's just a shame how it how it all ended with the with the relegation. But again, it's one of those things in football. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. Because on paper, really, the team was the team was frightening, but it just didn't have that bit of luck that you need. It's the same the other way. When I was at Stafford Rangers, all the luck sort of went our way. When when it was tight, if we'd lose a game or draw a game, and we needed other teams to lose or draw the wood, whereas at Owls Owen. If we lost a game and needed teams around us to lose, they'd all end up winning, things like that. Um, it's part of football, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And then back to Hensford in, in the July, wasn't it? Um, how did that come about again? Um, I think that, well, that come around from Platy, I'm going to say, uh, Daniel Platt. So he sort of got in touch with Hensford because it was when uh, Gary Hayward was in charge. Um, yeah. So he signed him and he's sort of gone... So like, have you got any recommendations? And um, obviously, Platy's sort of put my name forward. So I had a, I just, I remember I had a, I had a chat with uh, Gaz Gary Awards, and I was sort of expecting him to obviously say, yeah, this is obviously plans for the season, stuff like that. But I literally went in, we had a chat for about five or ten minutes, and then he he offered me a deal, and I was like, oh. He's moving, he's moving quite quickly, to be fair. So I thought, yeah, because I thought, again, yeah, like, this is my number one target. This is where I want to be. So, like, I, I signed straight away, to be fair, literally after one 15-minute conversation. So, made things easy. Yeah, and then you, you, you ended up leaving again. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it's them and not you at this point because um, they seem to be going back and forth with you a little bit. Um, how, how come you left again and, and, and what happened there? Oh, it was a difficult time then, really. Um, I was I was struggling. I was struggling with injuries um, with my knees. I, I couldn't really train. And, like, if I'd play, I'd be struggling for four or five days after. And I just couldn't recover right. And with the demands of non-league football, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, it was, it was getting a bit on top of me, really. Um, so I sort of had, like, a bit of a... It was when... Obviously, Keenan Bash was in charge. So I sort of had an honest conversation with with Keenan and said, like, yeah, I think I'm gonna like potentially thinking about knocking football on the head altogether. I was at the time, and he sort of like talked me into saying, no, no, stick at it, sort of thing. Um, and then my where I was working again, um, the coaching company, the my gaffer there basically got the job at Shifnal, so. He knew my situation as well, because obviously I'd see him quite often at work and just say where I was at. And he said, oh, well, while you're struggling, will you just come and have a few games for us? Because they took they took over um, under odd circumstances, should I say. Um, so the whole team left. So they took over on the Thursday. And they had their first game on a Saturday, but they only had, I think it was like four players. So they were picking players here, there and everywhere just to try and get a team together. So I ended up going. Um it was quite a quite a relaxed place to be at the time. Like I didn't I didn't have to train. Um it was only like it was a lot less games. So I sort of managed to recover on that time off if that makes sense. So I ended up enjoying it to be fair. So then that's why I ended up um just staying there for the rest of the season and obviously last season as well. 
And when did you get the first? Um, when did you first get the call from um, Danny uh, Glover and Dan Crane to come back? Uh, it was this summer, really. Um, so obviously, situation changed at Shiftmore, like the manager um, left. Uh, so I was sort of open to moving horror again because, like I say, like I, I managed to recover. I haven't had any problems with any injuries really over the past season so I was feeling good and I know that I, I can and should be playing higher than that level without any disrespect so I was feeling ambitious so then it was yeah like I say during the summer I had a chat with uh, Glover I said that obviously being at Hensford is a club that I'm fond of um, what, are the, what are your thoughts and obviously Glover was like yeah happy to happy to have you on board um and then he just sort of went from there, really. Um, after a few conversations, I was keen, he was keen. So, yeah, we got things done. Got things done quite quickly again. No, it's brilliant to hear that that, that you're back, um, and, and especially in kind of a new chapter of the club's um, history. How's your fitness this pre-season? You mentioned you had a few um, injuries early in your career. Are, are you good to go, or, or what's, what's, what's with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, obviously, over the past couple of weeks, um, I've had a bit of a tight calf, so... Just more precaution, really. Um, nothing, nothing major. But like I say, I'm, I'm fighting fit and ready and raring to go now. No problems at all. Um, so hopefully it stays like that, which I'm sure it will. So yeah, raring to go, good to go. Excellent. And um, are, are you? Um, what what's preseason like for you in terms of? Are you one of these players that that hates it, or do you enjoy it, or or what 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 do you feel about it in general? Um, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not keen. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a lover of pre-season, but it's necessary. Um, so you've got to do what you've got to do, and you've got to do what's right for your body. Do you know what I mean? Um, when I was younger, I was I was that person who wanted to win all the running, wanted to be the fastest, wanted to jump the furthest, jump the highest. So I'd I'd really I'd train hard before pre-season even started. So I was sort of ahead of the pack just to just to impress. Because again, as a young lad, you that's where the first impressions are made, especially if you're just joining a club, do you know what I mean? So I was very into being the fittest and the fastest and things like that. But obviously, I've, as I've aged, I, I know that, well, I don't need to do that sort of thing anymore. So I just make sure I'm in good condition and match fit ready for the first game of the season, really. So um, I've that's, asked, uh, yeah. that's my take on it. I've asked um I've asked Craney before uh five players that um it, it, it sort of that he's played with that um would make a five side team. I'm going to kind of flip it slightly differently and ask um if you could create a five side team, you've got to play yourself um because I think you know I mean I'd do that if I was picking a team. Um, okay, yeah. So who who would be on your team? Players that you've played against? So four other players. Players that I've played against. Um, see, this is I'll be honest. I'll. I'll, I'll struggle on this because I don't actually take much notice of who I'm playing against. Um, if yeah, you can ask anyone that I've played with. Like if we were playing against a, another team, and I go, oh yeah, so and so's so and so plays for them. Remember them? I'm literally my answer every single time is nah. Don't really remember to be fair. So there are there aren't many standouts. So um, I start with my goalkeeper. Um, maybe a bit of cheating, but I have played with this guy and against him. So does that count? Yep, yep, absolutely. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Platty, Daniel Platt. Yeah. How long goalkeeper? Um, as a keeper, I think he's got it all. Um, good with his feet. Obviously, great shot stopper. Very commanding. Very reassuring. And he's great in the changing room. So, I'd have Platty in goal. Um, defender. I'll play one at the back. Um, again, I'm going to cheat a little bit, if that's okay. You can absolutely cheat. Someone that I've played with and against, so I'm not even putting myself at the back here to win it. Actually, you know, you know, I'll change it a little bit. I'll put myself at the back. Can't be trusted in midfield. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll have myself at the back. Uh, midfield. So the lad who I was gonna say could probably play uh, Jordan Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, I remember him. Yeah, centre off for Rushall, or you can play left back again. Like so, I played with him at Stafford Rangers, and I played against him. Um, Rushall a few times. Um, again, it's that left-footed, it's that left-footed thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolute Rolls Royce of a defender. In his it body, always just so. looks better, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go Brownie. He can go on the left side of midfield. Um, other side, I'm gonna say Jordan Archer. Even though he's a bit of a striker, but he used to play out wide. He used to play out on the left when I was right back when he was at Starbridge. Um, obviously he's had a good career um, he was always a handful to play against to be fair so yeah, yeah I'm going to go Jordan Archer I know him quite well as well I've him and his brother as well I think Cameron's a great yeah, player well, as well isn't yeah. he Cameron, Cameron's got another level hasn't he to be yeah. fair, fair play to him so but yeah I'll go Jordan he was a handful <laughs> what a story actually to be fair um, so obviously before he sort of went pro when he was at Starbridge he, um, he used to work with my cousin so my uh so my cousin come to watch like the Stavridge. I, I think again I was at Stafford Rangers at the time. So he comes to watch, and uh, to be fair, George, he, I think he had the better of me that day. So <laughs> literally after my cousin was like, he gave you the run around today, didn't he? And then, literally, like he was just absolutely hammering me, like, and I was like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. So yeah, gonna go uh, Jordan for that reason. Um, striker. Bit of an odd one. Um, Lowest off striker. I'm going to say his name's Reed. Jake Reed, I think. Um, so he's every time I've seen to play against him, I think he scores a hat trick every single time. It's a bit like Kevin Phillips against Wolves. He used to annoy me. Every club he played for, oh, yeah. Birmingham, West Brom, Villa, always scored. Sorry, Retired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember we had a game when I was at Howe's Own. It was one of the crunch games. It was low stuff away, so you're travelling on the coach for four hours. It was on a Tuesday night. And I think they were level up points or one point ahead, maybe. So it was like a must-win game because there were about two or three games left after it. So all proper up for the game, ready to go, things like that. I think we conceded after about 30 seconds with him scoring the goal and then I think he scored all four we ended up losing 4-0 or 4-1 and then that was sort of like the final nail in the coffin for relegation when I was there so I'm going to go with him he just seems to cause problems every time I've, I've played against him really so yeah uh, Jake Reed, I think his name is it's a really good five-a-side yeah. team, Sam. It's the part of the show where um, the fans ask questions. Um, got a couple for you yeah. if you don't mind answering them. Um, yeah. Keith Harley is asking, you can play anywhere across a back four or even a back three. What, though, is your own preferred position? Um, preferred position, I'm going to say centre-half, centre-back. Um, 
especially as I've got older, um, as the legs aren't quite what they used to be. Um, you can see a lot of the game. You can talk to people, keep information from there. And, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. When I was younger, I probably would have said right back. So I used to enjoy getting up and down, overlapping, getting crosses in. Um, especially within my second spell at Hensford when I played oh, high school man's here. Uh-huh, that's um, it. Night, flight, flight 99 for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play 99 for £1.50. I know, it's a, 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 we'll probably be here all day if we talk about um, the inflation of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but um, I forgot what I was saying now. Oh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so especially with my second spell at Hensford, uh, I was playing left back a lot. Um, I used to love that left back, um, getting up and down. And you obviously, I always found myself cutting inside on my right foot. And then the winger who I was always playing against would never really read it because they're expecting you to always go down the line, sort of thing. So I really enjoyed playing left back, really. Um, but yeah, overall, now I'd give my decision as centre half, yeah, defender, centre back. I'll, I'll mention it to, to Danny. Um, like, got to play him centre back. He said he won't play anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Stephen Westwood's asking, um, what what's the feeling in the dressing room to the lads running out to proud by Mark? I'm unpro- I might be pronouncing this terribly wrong. Marquis Drive is it? Marquis Drive. I think it's the the music that they play before they come out. Does that give you a boost? The music on the to the walkout, or do you pay much attention to that? You know what, I'll be honest, I don't really I don't really pay much attention. Like when I'm by that point I'm fully in the zone. Um yeah, I don't really pay much attention. I know I know the song, like obviously if you started playing it, I'd recognise it. It's something different, especially to what I'd usually listen to. But yeah, it is a it is a bit of an up tempo beat really. Um, yeah. to get the lads going. But yeah, I'm quite in the zone by them really. Uh Do you can focusing on the task ahead. Yeah, do you control the speaker in the dressing room pretty much? No, no, we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a playlist like where everyone's put two or three tunes in, so you got good variety. Because you find when someone solely controls the music, you end up listening to just what they want to listen to, really. To be fair, so yeah, we've got a bit of a mixed playlist where everyone gets to choose what the what they've got in there. So there's good variety, really. Some songs are. Take out, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining you all like getting uh, getting pumped up to Barbie Girl or something. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> there are some bad shouts, but it's, it's not that bad, not yet, anyway. Um, <laughs> you got that to come this season. Yeah, still time for a few of the lads to throw some clangers in there. So, <laughs> yeah, but not too bad yet. Um, just finally, Trevor Edwards is. Um, you, you you have kind of touched on this quite a few times, um, but. Um, what what influenced you to return to to the club? As um, I'm sure uh, other um, clubs in the area would have been after you. Again, yeah, it's just the, the gravitational pull of Hensford Town. Um, the club's massive, isn't it? Like we're saying in non-league West Midlands football, Hensford Town is a massive football club, and for I'd say a lot of players, you'd you choose that over most other non-league West Midlands clubs. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm fond of the place. I've been here four or five times over the last nine years. Um, obviously, Gloves and Craney were a big part of that as well. Um, we've got big ambitions for what we're going to do this season. Obviously, I really get on well with Gloves and Craney. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was the main reason, really. And obviously, like I say, to, to be able to be captain this season, it's it's an honour, really, for the club. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the main reason, really, to be fair. It's just a massive club. Facilities-wise, fans, 
aspirations, yeah. Let's go. Brilliant. Oh, we'll leave it there, Sam. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to run after that ice cream van, see if you can get yourself a fab or something. <laughs> Ten years ago, yes. It's long gone now to me, though. <laughs> it's been a pre-season training for you. Chase, chase the uh, ice cream van around Hensford. <laughs> oh, I did a run yesterday. I think the legs are still, still in recovery mode, ready for training tomorrow. So <laughs> Brilliant. Th- thank you so much for joining us, Sam. It's been really interesting. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you for having me.